1: Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. We're a DD and d 5th edition actual play podcast and I'm your dungeon master Russ Moore. And with me today is Carla Johnson.
0: That is me, now playing Norictius Acra, better known as Glim, a dragonborn paladin.
2: Also
1: with me, Tom Laird.
2: Yeah, that's me. I play Moot. He is a half-orc wild magic sorcerer. And Amy Moore.
3: That's right. Russ hasn't asked me to leave the podcast yet. I now play a lightfoot halfling rogue named
1: Sullivan Slight. Welcome, everybody. How's everybody feeling today?
2: Feeling good.
0: Cosy. So near death. <laughs> For two reasons. <laughs> Number one, I'm, sorry, I'm sick in real life. Number two, <laughs> but I don't really feel near death. These characters are just like so... Oh, they're so squishy! Like, Like, oh my god, opening this character sheet was gave me like traumatic flashbacks because I only have like you know eleven hit points to my whole life. It's crazy. That's two more than
3: I have, and I was like, I looked at it and I was like, did we battle last
0: time? I (laughs) I thought for sure. I didn't remember a fight. I've only talked to my two moms.
2: It was a real knockdown drag out (laughs) chat, though.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, yes, we are playing some new characters today. The characters that were introduced in episode 74. And if you're new here, we play Dungeons and Dragons. And we just finished a big Rise of Tiamat arc. And now we're playing new characters. So you get to know those characters along with us. Along with us. As w- No, that's not how you say that. You get to learn about those characters along with us. That's a better way to oh say God, that. Oh, God,
3: guys, we're terrified. It's like we're doing it for the first yeah. time <sighs> ever because we've been playing these characters for like, what, three plus years? years? Yep. Yeah.
0: More than three years.
3: It's it's like wearing the same clothes every day and then someone coming along and being like, mm, new human wardrobe. Here's your fursuit. And then you're I don't know where I'm going with this, but then you have to live in a fursuit and you just don't know. You don't look like yourself. You don't know how to act anymore. It
2: seems like a very specific example. Has someone come by and given you a fursuit to wear? It is
0: very specific. this, This analogy got away from me. Yeah, or like fair. maybe like starting a new job where you don't know how sure, to do anything that's, I mean, But I like Amy's
2: The better. human fursuit also a good Amy's option. Amy's is more
0: like universally applicable. Like everyone could really relate to what she was saying. Sure, Not sure, everyone sure. has a job, Carla, but we could all have fursuits.
1: This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where we were going with that.
3: New characters. New characters. Scary times.
1: Scary times. For those of you who have been with us for, for 80, 84 episodes now. The, the, the OG characters, they'll be back, but we're going to start this thing off with these new characters. It's going to be a little bit of a a time, a backwards time step. Oh, and then we'll catch up and then we'll, we'll, it'll all make sense. I've planned it out in my head and those things always work. Always.
0: Always. It will be hard though, because we'll have to like not know things that we already know. Mm Mm-hmm. You know how good we are at separating player knowledge and character knowledge. Don't worry about that. You you're in what? a different so place.
1: We also okay. forget a whole lot of stuff, so true.
3: there's a good chance we're doing this all true. over again.
1: Something that happens that we haven't got to yet, but we have a Patreon, patreoncom slash um, where when you join us, you get an episode dedicated to you. Like today's episode is dedicated to Lori Karinen. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, Thank you, Lori. Lori. You, you the boss. rock you want to join us on patreon patreon.com slash dumb cast we'll talk about that more a little bit later but in the meantime fuck it let's play D&D where we left off was with our good friend Glim. We left you with your mama, Bean, and you were on your way and had made it to a temple of Bahamut. As you walk up the steps to the temple, you begin feeling nearly a physical pull, almost as if something is drawing you towards the large wooden doors. As you enter, following your mama, you see, seated at the back of the room, an older human male, long gray hair tied into a half-messy ponytail, kneeled over in silent prayer. From above, you hear the call of small birds. And when you look, you see only a silhouette of them in the light through the open-vented roof. You look down into the front of the cathedral and you see a seemingly humble setup there that opens up before you. Pews hand carved out of weirwood. And within you sense a divine and vibrating resonance coming from the pews, leading or guiding you up to the front of the cathedral. What is Glim feeling or thinking, right?
0: I think. Like a general sense of awe. I mean, she certainly has been brought up to worship Bahamut, so this is like would already be like a very powerful experience because I think she has never been to this temple, correct? I think that's what we uh, said no. last time. Yeah, she had no, this- Yeah. So this is already like a very powerful experience of a like, you know, deeply religious person visiting a religious place. Um And I think particularly like she has those multicolored scales. And I think her platinum scales particularly are like she feels like she can feel them more in this place.
1: Your train of thought is broken as your mama touches your arm, bringing your attention back to the front where you are surprised that you are now. You've made it through the entire cathedral kind of the entire walk washed over you standing before you at the front is a hooded figure in deep blue robes worn to time and fraying around the edges of their platinum threads you hear a voice come from below the hood you can't see a face Tell me, is this person going to be someone you know or someone you don't know?
0: Oh, um, I honestly thought it was going to be like a switch them up where this person's going to like pretend they're the priest, and then the guy in the back's going to be like, "Just kidding, it is me." I don't know why he is <laughs> Shakespeare in friend. Love, you know, with the French prince, yeah. he pretends he's not the prince. Why? I don't know. Because it's fine. Fifteen years ago, I saw that movie. Apparently, top of mind. <laughs> Um, but I would say this is not someone I know.
1: Okay. The person lowers their height. And it is a human female. She has grayed hair. She's got lots of laugh lines and deep wrinkles in, her, in and around her eyes. And she says, hello, my child. You must have a hundred questions, and I will answer as many as I can. But first, who do you believe you are?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if this is really true, but I've always in my clan been told that, you know, I was a descendant, a very, very, very far removed descendant of Bahamut. But I don't know if that's, that seems like it can't really be true. It seems actually a bit obnoxious to think that, but that's always what I've been told.
1: As you kind of trail off there, a gentle smile crosses her face and she says, my child, you are a child of Baham, not a distant relative. Not a long line faded. You are a direct descendant of Bahamut himself.
0: And I look at Mama, who is with me, say, so are are you a descendant of Bahamut, too? Is our whole family and they look back at the lady and like
1: Your mama, who had taken a couple steps back once you had reached the front, she kind of clears her throat and she says, um n- n- No, no, Glim. Um You While your mom and I are your are your parents, you arrived to our village um, when you were very, very young. And we took it upon ourselves to give you a safe home. It was made apparent to us that you had gifts and powers, not powers, but You had a a draw to help people. And your mom wanted to protect you because of how, I don't want to say naive, but how naive you can sometimes be towards some of the dangers of the world.
0: So you told me that that there was a dream that I was a a protector. Was there really a dream, or have a note, you know, pinned to my swaddling clothes, or what?
1: The man who brought you to us, he told us that you were in line to be the world's next savior. We'd. How, how do you believe someone? who says that i don't know but there was a dream as as i had said that later came as you as you got older and it became very clear that there there was more going on than what we had thought someone just bringing you to us but following what your mom wanted to do we protected you we separated the village from all but necessary engagements and and trade, shielded your view of some of the wrongdoings, which is increasingly harder in today's times.
0: I mean, I'm stunned, I guess. Um, It's a lot of information my little, delicate, not that young, 25-year-old life, but still. I just have... I have so many questions and I look um, back at the woman and say, did you like, did you deliver me to the village? Should I be here? And I guess, where are my manners? What's your name?
1: My name is Sirma, Sirma Shora. I was not the one to bring you to the village but I was designated to be the one to help guide you once the decision or the call was put out for you to begin your trials as a bastion to Bahamut.
0: Well, I mean, it seems like... We're wasting time. Honestly, this bard came and he told us that Tiamat might be rising and the whole kingdom is in total disarray and and I I because I was so sheltered, I feel overwhelmed by all of this information, but I want to help and I want to I guess live up to my destiny. Seems like a crazy thing to say out loud, but but that's what I want to do. It feels like the right thing to do. Being here feels right.
1: Your time is, is coming soon. The troubles that are in the world now are, are being dealt with and will be dealt with. We feel that they are in capable hands. Your call is for something coming later. What that is, we don't know yet. Those who fight for Feyrun and for Toril and for the world at large are already out there making sure that there is something to fight for later.
0: So what happens now? Do I... I feel like I don't know anything. Will you teach me how to help the world?
1: I will do my best to set you on a good foot. There is a lot to talk about and a lot to learn. And before we send you off, we will do as much of that as
4: we can.
0: Dope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sullivan Slight. Where we left you last, you were running away from the cult of the dragon. You had just been asked to do something that you deemed far beyond your abilities.
3: My heart could not do it, ethically.
1: You ran into the forest. How far did you run and where did you go?
3: Well, I don't think Sullivan like knows where he went because north, south, east, west, I think those are all very, he's like more of a landmark kind of guy. So he just started running away. Away from where that village was, in the opposite direction, as as far as his little like halfling legs would carry him. And he only stopped once he could like go no further, just he physically could not run anymore.
1: You wake up. Leery eyed, your head hurts. Am I hungover? Maybe. I don't know. You could hey, be. you know what? It's entirely possible that you are <laughs> hungover.
3: <laughs> I, won't,
1: I won't make that decision for no, you. I'm
3: definitely not. The cult I did not allow footmen such as myself to arm myself with liquor.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so you wake up. You're bleary-eyed, your head hurts, and your back is very sore. And as you clear the haze from your vision, you see cold stone dimly illuminated by light coming in through bars of a small window on a wall.
3: I panic and and scramble and back myself up to the closest wall so that there's nothing that can come at me from behind me.
1: You do so and you hit cold stone as you fall off the bench that you're on. You're looking around and you see that you are in a small cell plank wood bench in front of you, a bucket in the corner, and several other cells that you can see, but from what you can tell, only one other person a few cells away. Otherwise, it is a very cold and damp prison.
0: Hey! Hey!
3: Hey!
1: He doesn't appear to to
3: move. Can I see if it's a man?
1: Um, it it looks like a man. Yeah. Human man. Yep. Yeah.
3: Human man. Hey, you, Gay guy. Do I, is there anything around me? No. Anything I can throw at him? Um, is there anything inside my bucket? <laughs> <laughs> anything I can splash at? Nothing.
1: Nothing, nothing yet.
3: Okay. Nothing yet. All no. right.
1: Um, yeah, no, there's nothing nothing in there and it appears that you have been all of your items appear to be no longer with you. <laughs> Basic Fuck. clothes. Um
3: make
1: like a perception check. Oh god, okay. Thirteen. Um, as you're panicking and calling over to the man who you're not sure if he's sleeping or just dead. You can't really see much sign of movement in general you begin to hear the sound of street noise outside the
3: window uh so the window is located above the bench yep but, okay um i quickly and nimbly run up jump on the bench and and try to reach for the bars of the
0: window
1: you do so and you look outside and you see a it's it's daytime um you're not sure what time of day it is exactly but it's a very busy street, and you don't really recognize many landmarks around you. There looks to be a long, narrow street that is main there. Um, there's a big open courtyard down at the end of one way, and you can't quite see around the corner going the other way. There are lots of people uh, elves, humans, half orcs, halflings all kind of wandering How about. How far
3: away am I from those wandering people?
1: Not super far. If
3: I yelled at them, could they hear me? Let's try. Hey!
1: Most of them don't pay much attention, a couple people kind of look over and as they keep walking.
3: Hey, what, what city is this? What town is this? Somebody tell me where I am!
1: Uh, a small child um, kind of sees, and, sh- and she says, It's never wintered, prisoner!
3: Hey! Thanks.
1: And you see her, her, her mother kind of uh, usher her along and give you a foul look.
3: I kind of, I let go and I drop back onto the, the bench and I sit down and try to do a little bit of mental math based on where I was and how close I knew Neverwinter to be.
1: You know, Neverwinter was between 500 and 600 miles. About a thousand kilometers.
3: <laughs> Far ways away. And there's no way that I ran most of the
1: way. 800 kilometers.
3: To um, <laughs> to Neverwinter. So I must have been picked up along the way. I I look at the walls. Is there any markings or carvings or scratches or anything from previous tenants? Um, That's a nice way to say it, tenants—the previous tenants, tenants of this of this prison cell.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, it's a short-term in, rental. As you trust. Attract-
3: worst Airbnb ever. I give it one star.
1: Um, yes, you see, there's you know standard prison kind of fare. There's tally marks. Um,
3: Farhoor has a small dick scratched on there somewhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Farhoor has a small dick for a good time. Call out down the street is also written there.
3: Call out, just <laughs> I want a good time. But nothing helpful that I can see on these on these walls. Okay, I go over and I inspect the lock.
1: Okay, um, make an investigation check. Then. Um, it looks like a, a standard prison lock, um, st- something that you have picked in the past, but you don't appear to have your tools on you.
3: Is my hair still up? No. Oh. I'm a sneaky athlete, and I always have bobby in my hair, because you can't achieve a proper man bun without them. Um, I try my hand again at calling to my buddy, my maybe-dead-maybe-not-dead buddy, Hey, you dead?
1: He coughs. <laughs> well,
3: that, that's the sound someone makes when they're alive. Uh, hey, mister!
1: He kind of turns over, and then you hear the door down at the end of the cells, farthest away from you, it opens up. It says, be quiet in here! Where's here? You're in prison!
3: What? Well, <laughs> hey, come over here. You seem like a very intelligent man. We need to speak.
1: Be well-armored soldier enters the room. He's walking closer to your cell. stops about half a cell away from the entrance to yours.
3: What's your name?
1: I don't answer questions.
3: Oh, God, you don't know your name?
1: I know my name. I don't have to tell the likes of you.
3: Oh, I never said you had to. Sorry, buddy. My name is Sullivan Slate, and you are?
1: Dinner's not for a while.
3: Oh, what's for dinner? Oh, better question. Do you know why I'm here? I was just camping, like, probably 200 miles, I don't know, away from here, mm -hmm. and I just woke up here.
1: You were camping, then stealing, Oh. and then you got arrested, Mm. put up a fight, and then you Mm. ended up here.
3: That doesn't sound like me.
1: I mean, that's that's what's on the report.
3: Show me whose ass I kicked.
1: I mean, I said I got into a fight. I said you put up a fight. I did not say you kicked someone's ass.
3: It was implied with the tone of awe in your voice. So dinner? What is for dinner?
1: Same as every night. Rule.
3: Well, how would I have known that? This is my first night here.
1: I just assume people know what they eat in prison, and no, it's no, not no, good.
3: No, no. Um, so, like, who's in charge here? Just
1: The Is warden. It you? Oh, Well, I mean, I'm in charge right now because I'm highest-ranking officer here. Of course you are.
3: So what would it take for me to get a meeting with the warden? Uh, miracle. Hey, you seem like a miracle man. Can I make, like, a charisma check or <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm acting very charismatic, but sure. I don't.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It, uh, uh, <laughs> either, um, are you going for persuasion or deception?
3: Um, I think I'm going for probably persuasion. Okay. okay. I'm trying to get him to do what I want. Sixteen. What kind of miracle, my man, can you make happen for me to get me to see the warden? I only need five minutes of the fine man or woman's time.
1: Well, the warden isn't here right now. Um, But, I mean, I could could get them to maybe see if they could talk to you. you.
3: You know what? Everyone here is wrong about you. You, the man. Don't you even think about what other people are saying because you know what's going down. And I appreciate you. What was your name?
1: didn't say my name
3: I know I just wish I knew because I feel like we're really bonding how
1: did you know they're talking about me if I didn't say my name
3: well they were talking about the big handsome in head of the head of this place guy that's not you I
1: mean
3: sounds like you to me it's
1: definitely not Jerry
3: oh no fuck Jerry
1: no don't
3: well well no I mean not even on my worst day but uh well thank you very much Miraculous stranger.
1: You're welcome, Sullivan Slight. What's he been saying about me?
3: Ah, God. ramblings of a crazy man. Just
1: don't even I'll beat him later. Um he begins walking out. I wait till he leaves. And he shuts the door behind him.
3: Yo, dude, look, listen, I'm super sorry about what's probably gonna happen to you later that wasn't my intention. Got away from me. Got away from me. You could have talked to me though, you could have talked to me.
1: Good lord, you talk a lot. Yeah grumbles and he's not turning turning to you directly. So what are you in here for? Uh, apparently I was selling goods not at the correct value deemed by the officers in charge.
3: What a rinky-dink operation is this. I was told that I was stealing and then got into a fight and kicked some big ass and then I woke up here and I don't remember any of that.
1: I mean, I think he said you got into no, a fight. No, I heard fight. what he said. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, well, um, Sullivan Slight.
3: And you are?
1: And sits up and turns and looks at you and says, uh, name's Murph. Nice to meet you, Murph.
3: Merv. Oh, Merv. Sorry, Sorry Murph. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to be the best of friends, you and I. I think it's yeah. going to be good. Uh, how um, how awful is uh, what's the dinner around here? Her cool. Rhymes with cool.
1: Yeah, they mix it with fish heads. Oh. So it's not <laughs> super great.
3: It's all right. I'm Ovo Pesco Lacto. So.
1: I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I'm a fisherman, so I think I'd like fish heads, but not the way they make them.
3: It's all in the attitude, my friend. All in the attitude.
0: Moot!
1: We last left you leaving home.
2: Yeah. Running away, kind of. Like for the good of everyone, though.
0: For noble, for noble
2: reasons. Yeah, no,
1: it was uh, definitely for 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 good reason. What is it that Moot is going in search of? Uh,
2: Moot wants to find some sort of either teacher or some sort of uh, magic user to help him like get a handle on his situation.
1: Right, with your village and your family, you've you've traveled reasonably far, but you have heard that there are uh, teachers in uh, several of the larger cities, but the nearest one to your village would have been Neverwinter.
2: Well, that's where I would have went.
1: It is a uh, several day, if not week, journey, and you set off from High Forest and you caught a lift on some caravans and surprisingly, didn't run into too much on the road. Which, you were told, is um, something to be thankful for. After uh, a couple, ten days journey, make it to the gates at Neverwinter. One of the northern gates. And you hop off the caravan and set off into the city. And you, uh, along the way, you heard that there were Tales of Neverwinter as the City of Wonders. There's a lot of artificers and wizards, and before the plague, the Spell Plague was one of the highest looked upon cities in all of Faerun. It has since come back to near what it was before um, with some minor differences. An earthquake tore apart part of the city in the southern, Southern Southeastern Quadrant There is a floating tower that hovers above that showed up mysteriously one day and is now considered a beacon of hope. You set into the city, and it is about midday. There are packed streets, lots of people. And you are free to do what Moot would do.
2: Uh, well, Moot, uh... Is there any sort of guard or like maybe a like stop here for information about the city kiosk that he could maybe attend?
1: There's uh, we'll say there's there's a there's a hospitality center of sorts.
2: I'm going to I'm going to head on over to that hospitality center.
1: The door opens with a, a, a chimed jingle as you enter. Um, and it's a quiet building some a bit of dust you notice kind of collecting in the corners, um, and 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 a young male, probably in his early twenties, kind of bored looking, sitting behind the counter reading a book. And he kind of looks up and sees you walk in. And he says, "Well, what what can I uh, what can I help you with?"
2: Uh, hi, hi, friend. Um, I was I was wondering, are there are there any wizards here? He. Looks up from his book again. and says, "Yeah, but like, do, do you know where I could find one? Maybe a teacher or or like a school or oh. anything like that." Oh, you're looking for schooling?
1: Are you, are you looking to take up wizardry? Are you?
2: I mean, it wasn't really high up on my list of priorities, but then like I, it kind of was all of a sudden. So yeah, I would, I would, I would love to know like what the deal is.
1: Sure. Yeah, there are definitely schools um uh, for wizards here. There's a there's, you can go uh kind of there's the whole Ar- arcanist's quarter down southeast there. You could go visit there. Um there's the school. I mean, you might have heard of
2: the I've heard of the school. Uh I haven't. This is uh this is my my first time here in oh. Neverwinter
1: oh well welcome to our fine city neverwinter is a friendly city of craftsmen who trade extensively via the great merchants of water i
2: i feel like you've had to prepare this speech before wait. but really you, you don't have to oh wait oh, there's more okay this
1: their water clocks and multi-hued lamps can be found throughout the realms
2: Okay, um, Neverwinter gained oh. its
1: name From the skill of its gardeners Who contrived to keep Flowers blooming Throughout months of snow I mean A I'm practice. curious about these <laughs> <laughs> They continue With pride Sorry if I don't say that okay, they get in tr- yep. I get in trouble
2: Okay yeah no I I would hate For you to get in trouble um, so you you were saying the Arcanus Quarter and also a, a school. I would love to hear more about this school.
1: Yeah, it's Nogwood School of Wizarding.
2: Nogwood. Um. Do do I need any sort of invitation to attend Nogwood, or can I just go and knock on the front door?
1: I mean, you can just go knock on the door. They're they're pretty nice over there. A little hoity-toity uh, compared to uh, some of the other folks in town, but. Um, you're just looking to get some information.
2: Yeah, since, I, since I'm since i picking your brain here, mm-hmm. wh- who are some of these not hoity-toity people? Maybe I can go see one of them as well.
1: Not hoity-toity wizards. Um, I mean, there was this one guy I knew. He was pretty nice. I don't know if he's still around. I think his name was, was Gabriel. Gabe?
2: Gabriel.
1: Could have been something Sorry. like that. No, no, it was a while ago that I saw him
2: okay um yeah um yeah I guess I'll just uh I'll just head out uh which which kind of direction are are all these places do you have like a city map
1: maybe oh yeah sure I've got maps
2: perfect uh final question for you new new friend um are there any of those water clocks you mentioned here in the city I'd love to see one of those
1: they are nearest the water (laughs) Some people think that Neverwinter looks like an angry fish, but really, it was designed in the shape of an eye.
2: Oh. Mm.
0: Okay, I can Even see that. Even saying mm. that it's by, something's by the water is not helpful. No. There's like ocean, and then a river, and then it looks like a lake also. Maybe there's one by every water. All the water. Just any water. I guess it is what they're known for, those water clocks.
2: Um, yeah, so now that I'm looking at the map, um, can you maybe circle where where some of these things are, like the Arcanus Quarter or or Gabriel's place?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know where Gabriel's place is. He was at the he was at the school. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, um, currently, if you're looking at your map, you're right here, and he points to the uh, on the kind of north. West, there's a two, two spot that uh, signifying an entrance to the city, like a two ah, got it. spot. Okay, yep. So you just kind of came in. You're in the kind of that o- entry quarter, or entry open entry way there. Okay. Um, and he circles off to the west. You know what? Actually, that big open courtyard area on the far west. That's going to be your school. Okay. Um, and then across the river. He says, you can take one of our many sculpted bridges to get over to the Arcanus Quarter, Um, and it is the north side of the southeast quadrant, so it's split. Um, There is a giant river uh, Mm -hmm. that splits through the southeast, or a lake, rather. That is the, the earthquake wreckage that came across our city.
2: Uh, I do have a, a question about the design of the city itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of bridges in only one section of town here. Why are there no bridges later, like, over to the east?
1: Well, they are to take you to the to the better parts of Neverwinter. Um, you see, down in the southeast section, that's kind of the beggars quarters as well. They wanted to Try and separate that part a little bit, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I don't, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't see why there couldn't be a bridge over there, but I guess I'll have to do a little walking.
1: You know, you get to take in our entire city, which is something that not a lot of people get to do
2: okay I, uh, I I appreciate the the heads up and all the information uh, I'm gonna go for a stroll over to the uh, to the nogwoods Academy and see see if I can talk to someone over there um, yeah
1: yeah you're walking through uh, through the streets there you see people of all different types of uh, races and backgrounds and um, you uh, begin yeah, you keep walking through the streets and you pass Underneath, as you are walking, a giant, hovering, looks like part of a castle. It's a deep black in color, and you walk into the shadow of it. I mean, you feel kind of a a wash over top of you. Um, and as you exit the shadow, make a perception check.
2: Sure. I should have asked the dude about the floating tower. <laughs> I forgot all about it. Uh, that is, let me pull up my stats here, hang on, because so I got different stats. Uh, that is a 15.
1: Welcome back to the middle, everybody! How's it going? You made it through, you made it through the long month. What we do now is we just say thank you for listening and thank you for being here. And hopefully you're enjoying the beginning of the new season because it's going to be a wild ride. So wild. And we're doing a sweet contest to kick off the new season where you can win a copy of Ghosts of Saltmarsh, the new adventure module from Dungeons & Dragons, Wizards of the Coast.
0: What do you have to do? What we would love is if you could tell people about us. And if you do that and tell us about it, then maybe you can win the cool new module.
1: Absolutely. You can share a link to the show or to a specific episode if you have a favorite. Maybe it's this one. Maybe this is your first one. So you share it to Twitter using the hashtag dumb or over on Facebook to your, your personal Facebook account, sharing the post that we have linked down in the description or that is plastered on our Facebook page. Then you're entered to win Ghost of Saltmarsh. And some sweet stickers that we got from D&D Live. And Russ, what is our Facebook page? Facebook.com slash Dumb Dragon Podcast.
0: Can I just say you should do it right now because you're probably like literally right now listening on a device where you could do this thing just right now. It'll take like 30 seconds and we would appreciate it so much and maybe a prize. So all of the love in our hearts. And then also maybe another prize. So that's pretty good. That's two prizes.
1: So good. Uh, the contest is going on to the end of the month, but please do it now. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. We're back. We're not going anywhere for 83 more episodes. I, I, I don't know if that's, that's true. That's an was...
0: arbitrary number, but okay. Yeah,
1: I mean, very specific. It's what, what we did last season. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We'll uh, we'll talk to
2: you talk to you soon.
1: You notice that your shadow has disappeared.
2: Does this freak me out in any way?
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, make a... Let's make a wisdom saving roll.
2: Oh, boy. All right, that is a seven.
1: You are freaked out. Your shadow is gone. What does Moot do?
2: Is there anyone on the street nearby... Yeah. maybe walking by me. Yeah, there's lots of people around. Um, I'm going to run over to somebody and say like, um, what happened to my shadow? Can you see my shadow? Uh, you run over to uh, a man who's dressed quite, he's
1: in quite nice fineries. And he kind of looks at you and takes a step back. He says, what are you, the, you're new here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's my, it's my first like few minutes here.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Your shadow will come back okay but why did, why did it disappear to start with
1: the shard of night there now kind of known as the shard of the moon but a lot of people still call it the shard of night It it the magics on it remove shadows so you walk underneath it your shadow disappears it, it will come back in time
2: don't, uh, don't okay. worry um, wh- what wh- wh- why wh- What is? it why is it here <sighs> Did you
1: not talk to the, the information booth?
2: I did, but he didn't. He didn't say anything about this.
1: Who, who was working?
2: Was it? Uh, I I don't know. Some bored twenty-something guy. Uh,
1: Denton. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time, but I will. I will tell you about the shard of the night. Okay.
2: But I, yeah, please. He, thank he you.
1: Kinda, he kind of he kind of puts his hand on your shoulders. Like, are you going to be okay?
2: I. It, yeah. Yeah. I. I think so. Just. Talking about this is helping a lot.
1: From quite a while ago, the Shard of the Night was... I mean, it just kind of showed up one day. I know that doesn't really explain a lot of things, but it has the ability to eat shadow and darkness, is what they they called it. So anybody who walks underneath it, the shadows disappear. There was a group called the Netherese. They they attacked to try and take the shard of the night they wanted its power what it could do they weren't very great people but then one day some lovely people lovely lady named lady jasmine she came along and she brought the shards of salune and she banished these netheries from the shard of the night Ever since then, these shards that were put into it, shards of Salune, have been have given more of a, a mystical, uh, fantastical, good aura that protects the city and has given it um, kind of a, a beacon of hope. So, really, now more than anything, it's a, a religious symbol for Salune who watches over the city. So, why it's here? Nobody knows. He just showed up. One
2: is this. Is this Lady Jasmine some sort of sorcerer?
1: She was kind of a priest um, of sorts, not really a sorcerer, or, or not really a wizard. Kind of a uh, some sort of uh, cleric, someone who's just more religiously
2: driven. Okay. Uh what? What was? What was your name?
1: My name is uh, Gregor.
2: I appreciate the 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 information there, uh, Gregor. Um, do you do you know of any wizards around town?
1: Yeah, yeah there's lots of wizards in town. Um,
2: what was your name? Uh, I'm I'm Moot. Moot, pleasure. Um, what what are you looking for? Well, see, I, I kind of I need to find a wizard just to ask some questions, basically. Okay. Go to the school. Okay, Nogwoods.
1: No, yeah. Go to Nogwoods. Uh, so you got that information from the, from uh, Denton. Yeah. Go to Nogwoods. I mean, just there's a it's a big gate that you're gonna you're gonna have to go through. They'll let you through. Not a big deal. They love people coming in. I mean, they probably don't love people coming in, but I mean, if you're, you're seeking information, is what you're doing. Go to the front yeah. desk. Usually a lovely lady. Uh, named She'll Sue. She's usually working at the front desk. Tell her Gregor sent you, and that you have a few questions for for somebody there.
2: All right, I, I can I can do that. Thanks, uh, thanks, Gregor. Of course. And I kind of hustle on my way. And he watches you go, and then walks off.
1: You uh, keep walking through the streets, and uh, you hear a call uh, coming from one of the buildings.
0: Hey.
2: I kind of look up but I don't really notice anything out of the ordinary. Uh, you, you, you
1: hear somebody yelling out of a window but you don't really quite see them directly. You keep going. Um, you pass by a, a, a tower that looks like it has one at one point fallen over and it has crashed down into the streets and there are people kind of going in and out of it uh, very jovial. Um, it looks like it's been made into from, from the face of it a sort of tavern.
2: Um, And you carry on to the gate of Nogwoods. Do I have to knock? Is it open? Is it closed? What's the deal here? It is free to
1: travel up the path if you so desire.
2: All right. I'm going to kind of almost double time my efforts through the gate.
1: It's a long, long stretch of road that goes up to a large castle at the center of this wide open green clearing uh, one of the few green clearings that you've seen since you've been in here. And you make it up to the big front door, uh, which appears to be kind of cracked open just a little bit.
2: And I kind of give it like two big raps on the door as I kind of slowly open it and say, Hello? You
1: hear a, a your voice kind of echo and bounce off the, the open chambers. Um, you hear some voices from down inside and some footsteps that come... Through the door and pull it open, and there's a an elven uh, female. She says, "Yes, you can. You can come in." And she opens the door and allows you through.
2: Uh, hi. Um. I ran into someone named Gregor who told me to come talk to a a Shil a shilsu, I believe it was. Yes,
1: Shilsu. That's me.
2: Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. I was. I was wondering if you guys could. Maybe help me out or answer some questions.
1: Of of, of course, yes. Um, what what are you, what are you looking for? What's your name? Sorry.
2: Uh, oh, sorry. Um, my name's Moot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I kind of had this magic happen. Uh, like a couple of weeks ago, and it it was really scary uh so i was wondering if you guys could maybe help me Mag- magic happened it just happened you weren't
1: like weren't like playing with spell books or scrolls or
2: uh, i've no i've i've never never seen a spellbook, mm. or at least to my knowledge ah uh, okay uh well come in
1: have a seat i will uh i will see if there's someone uh who can come come speak with you okay thanks She ushers you to a seat in the corner by her desk, and she kind of goes off into the back of the chamber that she's in and leaves. We cut back to Glim, and you um, are standing with the priest and your mama, and you've just been told that you are a future savior of the world. Sirma looks at you and she says, your journey will take you far across favor several, several times over. What we will teach you here today and for the next few days is what hopefully you can expect along those travels we will grant you some tools of the trade, some tools of your calling that have been left to be bestowed to you. And we will try to answer as many questions as we can before we part ways for now. She walks back to uh, a half open door behind the altar and uh, she says, "Come." Come, come with me.
0: Well, I'll be staying here, right? So can I have a minute to say goodbye?
1: Of course. Just come join me when you're ready. She nods to Bean and walks in through the door.
0: Uh, Well, I turn to Mama and say, this is a lot to take in. Yes. And I'm scared and overwhelmed. But I think I'm doing the right thing. So I guess thank you for having me be your daughter for these last 25 years. I love you. I give her a hug. She says, and I say, beat it.
1: She says, We love you too.
0: Okay, well, I'll try and be back soon. I guess I don't know how long being the savior of the world's gonna take me, but I'll, I'll see you soon, okay? And I follow Sirma through that door.
1: Bean watches you go and you kind of turn back and see her begin to walk out. You also notice that the that the room is empty now. You don't hear the call of uh, the birds, um, or uh, see the see the old man who was sitting at the back. He left at some point. You walk through the door and laid out. You see a shield, platinum-edged, deep blue, shining shield with the emblem of Bahamut in the center of. Beside it, you see a scuffed up, steel, used war pick that, although it looks used, still has a vibrance and a radiance to it that you can't quite explain just by looking at it. And you see Sirma go over to them and pick them up and hand them to you. And says, we will begin training with these tomorrow. If you have any questions now, let's talk about them. Otherwise, it is uh, perhaps time for rest.
0: I think I'll have a lot of questions tomorrow, but for right now, rest seems like it might be a good idea.
1: And she takes you back out and out of the chapel itself and behind there are a couple of single-roomed quarters, uh, and she leads you to one of them, and she says, This is where you will stay for the next few days or week, however long you need. I will be in the other one. If anything comes up, please come find me. She opens the door and puts your stuff down inside and leaves, or goes to leave, in case you need to stop her for
0: um, no, I think I, like, want uh, some time to process all this business.
1: Okay. Uh, so she closes the door behind her. Um, and you are alone in this room. It's a, it's a very modest room, a single bed, a table uh, with uh, two small chairs at it, and some writing utensils and paper. Otherwise, not a lot in this room. What's Lim doing or thinking?
0: Um, I think that she is probably going to um, like try to commune with Bahamut or, you know, like meditate essentially and think about like try to center herself. And, you know, she is a deeply spiritual person that needs to kind of reconnect to that because her whole life is totally just changed.
1: Music in today's episode was by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.filmmusic.io. I'm
3: pews. Do you want to sit on one of those?
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> Good start. <clears throat> I'm in a holy place, I, Amy.
3: I made tango so red.
0: <laughs>
1: the man who dropped you in our village.
2: Not dropped you. The man who brought you.
0: Uh, uh, I'm very tough. I'm a dragonborn. You yeah, dropped those he's kids. Just yeah. fun. It
2: was really a yeah. double dribble situation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got into home? What is it in football? Anyway, he spiked her. End
2: zone? Oh. He End zone!
3: Home. <laughs> home! I love it. Hey, that's baseball, right? We know
2: sports. It's fine. fine. It's a sports ball. Yeah. I like yeah.
3: sports all the time.
1: The world's next savior.
2: No pressure.
3: Jesus, great right? no fuck, savior—that's a big word.
1: The world's next protector.
3: No, no, stick with savior.
1: Saviour, sure.
3: Drop that bomb.
1: You're leery-eyed. Your head hurts. Am I hungover? Mm.
3: Did I grab a brush and put a little makeup? <laughs> Do.
2: Did you leave the kids up on the table?
3: <laughs> Here you go, create another fable. Somebody tell me where I am. Uh,
1: a small child um, kind of sees and sh- sees <laughs> What? <laughs> you there, boy? What day, what day, is, it day is it today?
3: <laughs> it's Christmas Day, <laughs> Mister Scrooge. That's how I feel like this is going. Yeah, that's fair. You remind me of of um, Willy Wonka, <laughs> but like in the new one where Johnny Depp plays him. <laughs> Welcome, children. I shake you firmly by the hand.
1: She nods to Bean and walks into the door.
2: <laughs> walks in. <laughs> through the door. <laughs> <laughs>
3: through, through the door. No, she hits the jam. She, everyone has, you know, their problem.
1: Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
4: Greetings. I am the modestly handsome obituary writer of this fetching town of Crestfall, Idaho, and this is Death by Dying. Death is exhausting. And so, after a long day of funeral attending, I had retired to my apartment to get some shut eye. I loosened my Versace tie and changed into my Egyptian silk pajamas.
2: Are you the detective in town?
4: No, I'm the obituary writer.
2: Really? Someone said you solve murder cases. Murder? I'm Charlotte, by the way.
4: Forgive me, but I haven't gotten past the murder part. Charlotte, the friend I now have, is staying in the apartment above her Aunt Lillian's bookshop.
2: She was my aunt. She was all I had growing up. I need to know why she's gone.
4: Murder is the spice of life. I knew just who I had to see. The Angel of Death. We have become friends over the years.
3: Careful. Death is ever-present."
4: Her pet, the button-eyed raven, moaned inconsolably as usual. Your friends are abandoning you, one by one. You write about death, O.W.
3: But how much do you know about what it feels like to lose someone?
4: The shadow in the dark woods is making its way into Crestfall. Listen to Death by Dying on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher.